Welcome to Music Monday Hangouts with Jackknife Stiletto. Every week we chat with new artists and have a casual hangout with them. We live stream new episodes every week on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Check out jackknifestiletto.com for more schedule info. During our live streams, you can join in on the conversation while we have a live Q&A with us and our guests. Our Music Monday Hangouts feature those episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever else you stream your podcasts. Grab a coffee and enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Band Pins. Custom pins made to order for bands, businesses, schools, charities, and more. Check out bandpins.net for more info. everyone happy music monday we're here this week with ted russell camp how are you doing today i am good awesome you're having Uh uh-oh now you froze are you back i think i am okay you're back sorry you froze for a second (laughs) um and you're tuning in from uh from california is that correct los angeles california Nice. That's right. One of my favorite places. Cool. How is it? How is it over there in in LA? Uh, LA is great. Kind of hot. Yeah. A little intense summer. We had a pretty serious heat wave, but uh, it's been nice. We've been out getting out, making live music again. Uh, the last maybe three months. Awesome. It's wonderful to play again, and the city's coming back to life. Mm-hmm. And we're doing good. We're doing good. Awesome. Very cool. And I saw you were out playing some shows uh, this weekend in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Are uh, you um, opening for for someone? Have you been on the... Um, no. On Friday okay. night, uh, I play with Shooter Jennings. Shooter Jennings. That's right. I was going to I saw you had a bunch of shows. So I play bass in his band. Oh, cool. I have been off and on for like 15 years. So we played a great theater, uh, the Vista Theater in Surprise, Arizona, at a great festival, music festival. Uh, And then I stayed in town to do a couple solo shows. So I did a great house concert and then a great kind of like, kind of roadhouse honky tonk in Mesa, Arizona. We're called Roasters. So both were great. We had a, I had a wonderful time. It was, it was a great weekend. Nice. And, uh, and thankfully, the gig yesterday was an afternoon show. So I flew home last night, woke up at home, <laughs> I'm back in the saddle. Very cool. <laughs> nice. A nice hot uh, afternoon Arizona show. Was it outdoors? They were 100. They were, it was, it was 105, 110. All oh, a nice, nice 110. I mean, it gets. It, I mean, it gets hot in LA. We had an intense summer, so we had a lot of hundred degree days. But, but uh, once once it breaks over a hundred, that's you know, I'd it's rather. It's hot. Yeah. So, yeah. But we we did it. We did fine. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful weekend. 
Nice. Nothing. No one melted. Oh, here we, we got a melted fun mel funk. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had some uh, some melted technical difficulties. How are you guys? Well, that's okay. Welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. I've been listening to the talk. I just couldn't get a uh, stuff working. <laughs> Everything's melting. I heard everything, but everything I'm also melting in my in my apartment because it's so freaking hot right are now. You, are you melting? So if you see me slowly, just go down. Okay. Well, if you if you need a break, then Mel and I can keep it rolling. Okay. <laughs> I need I need to go outside to get cooler. I'm just gonna lie down on this couch for a minute, then we can we can keep the conversation rolling. No problem. <laughs> just, just come on over here. I got I got the AC pumping. Well, now it looks like you're in Florida or something. Uh, yeah, I like to pretend. This is actually wallpaper. Very impressive. Very impressive. She painted it over quarantine. I painted it over quarantine. Yeah, that's my my real art skills. I can't even draw a stick figure. But you can apparently draw palm trees. Apparently, that's my specialty. Yes, they'll be on. Uh, it'll be on Etsy soon. Uh, can check it out. Mel's whole wall. You can buy her whole wall. She's gonna just cut it off, chop it down, and send it to you in pieces. <laughs> well, yes, breaking things—that is my specialty. I can do that very well. Well, you're a drummer. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I hit things. No, of course, things. of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I can easily break a wall. Build it, not so much, but break it. I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, by the way. Has wow. anyone tried these Starbucks refreshers? No, are they I, good? I just tried them for the first time. They're, they're really good. I tried what the uh, like cranberry or fruit juice or something. Uh, this one Achi. is, I forgot what this one is. Mango dragon fruit. I tried the strawberry acai one uh, yesterday. That was really freaking good. And is it carbonated? No, it's uh, it's green tea extract. So like instead of coffee, like it still has caffeine, but it's fruity. Hmm. Intriguing. So it's green tea it's extract, better. which is normally clear. And then with fruit mixed in. So like it doesn't taste like green tea, it just tastes like juice. Great. Mm. Are you a coffee or tea drinker? Oh I am much more of a coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have I love my coffee. Definitely have it in the morning every day. Yeah. We uh, love our coffee here. I will have tea mm -hmm. sometimes. I'm not anti-tea. <laughs> one one, th one thing I realized though is like uh a while back, I was on tour in Europe, and uh, in a lot of Europe, they won't drink coffee the way we Americans drink coffee. No, you can't find it anywhere. It's a very like espresso, like it's little shots. It's a tiny glass, right? And I started having, and I have these. I'm like, wow, I don't want a shot of caffeine. I wanna, I wanna have a mug and savor it for a while. So often when I'm in Europe, I will drink tea because then you can like get a cup and kind of hold on to it and enjoy it for a while and make it last. I like that with my, with my cold brew. I like to hold it for, for a long time. It's, it's comforting and the, the, the repetition of it is part of the magic. Comfort coffee. I, just, and I, have, a, I, have, a, I have a couple friends who will have like, you know, the truck stop, you can get the five shots of espresso in one little jar, you know? I would have a heart attack. I don't know how anyone does that. Or, or like, some people have like a quadruple shot of of Starbucks or something. I'm like, okay, that's not for me. I want. Yeah, I, I smell it and I'm like, ooh. 
I want to drink it and enjoy it. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I want the the caffeine as well, but mm -hmm. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. So when I, often I'll sometimes I'll switch over to tea because it slows down the process and you can kind of like put the leaves in and get it simmering just right yeah. and enjoy it for ten or twenty minutes. That's that's kind of what I want when I have my coffee. Well, I guess you kind of answered it, but. Uh, uh, Fluff Cup wants to know how do you like your coffee, which is also a, a lyric from from our song, Dear Jane. <laughs> well, there you go. Then yeah. I will say I have my coffee with a little bit of milk or half and half. I don't like a black, a little bit of flavor, but I'm not too particular. I don't really like the uh, the the artificial sweeteners that you find when you know what I mean. But I like mm -hmm. the when you get a little bit of milk or half and half. Mm-hmm. I like it with sweet sweet cream and I usually do like French vanilla, the creamer. Okay. I'm very much I, I like it sweet. Have you guys joined the pumpkin train yet? Have you have you started the fall flavors or are we I never like the pumpkin spice. Hmm. I like I'm it a little I like it a little bit. A little bit. I'll, I'll have some pumpkin around Thanksgiving and Halloween time and it's dusty. Best. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mel, <laughs> oh, you're, you're a big pumpkin fan? I do. I do like pumpkin. I actually, like, I overdid it um, <laughs> to the point where, like, I stocked, Annie remembers this, I stocked up on so much pumpkin coffee so that it would last the entire year. <laughs> but then, like, it took away from it. And then by the time Halloween came around again, I wasn't excited about pumpkin. So I decided from now on, it's got to be just, like, a seasonal thing. And then finally, by August, you were like drinking an actual pumpkin. Yeah, pretty much. Were, yeah. <laughs> and then, then you're like, no, no more. I've gone no too more. far. I've no gone more. Far. Then I had to go like a whole year without pumpkin. I was like, no, no. Vanilla. <laughs> vanilla. Forget the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like Christmas music. You know, if you start to wear it like Christmas music, it starts Black Friday. Not a second before. And then it's really exciting. When they started too early, it's like, no, no, can't do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. It should be not not allowed before <laughs> before then. <laughs> it's got to be like a treat. Otherwise, it's just overdone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not the day after Halloween. It's not time to start playing no. Christmas music. No. Can't wait for Thanksgiving. At least yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's already Christmas decorations coming out. Of course. Yeah. No, see, I like to celebrate one holiday at a time. Like, yeah, you know, each, each thing. Why are we rushing this? Yeah. <laughs> we got some um, questions in the chat for you. Do we have questions? I think I see some questions. There's a lot of uh, uh, not, um, well, everyone's just talking about how they like their coffees. Um, but, oh, he's got a question. Go. Um, do you guys hit your knuckles on strings when using a pick? Yeah. I don't think I do. Not my knuckles. No, but the first knuckle. I here for all of the non-musicians out there. I'll give you a here's look. Here's a pick. And when you do this, now here's the thing. I use a pick sideways. I never use a pick with the you know you know a pick is like this triangular shape. I never use the pick with the pointy side facing the strings. I always use a pick with one of the mellower sides 
facing the strings. Mm. And every once in a while, when I get into it and I do the Pete Townsend, I get a little bit of knuckle on the first one, but not really. My 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 fear is when I don't pick in enough, and then you miss the string. Yeah. Or you get like you get half you get half of a good strum, but not a half really a string. Good. Yeah. That's the that's the challenge. I notice when I when I paint my nails that just this finger will not keep. It just won't keep. Oh, the, that first it, finger rubs against. Yeah. It won't. It won't keep the nail polish on. All right, hold on. Can we just talk about your nails for a minute? Mine. When Annie paints her nails. I paint my whole finger. Her whole hand. It's like <laughs> I've never seen anyone do this. <laughs> she paints the entire finger, and then goes and takes a shower and just lets it the rest wash off, and it'll stay on her nails. I mean, it's genius. Well, then yeah. you get you get complete nail coverage. I, yeah, I got I get full coverage that way. You get you get you get an, I, I'm a, I wonder if other if other people are doing that and they just don't let you know. It's like a secret. Yeah, it's a it's a life hack. But like, it takes a few days for the rest to wash off your fingers, though. It's not like it immediately, right? Like, how many days would you say you just have nail polish everywhere? Um. At least like three showers. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, it will come off because that's my pick. My uh, my strumming hand there. It'll it'll just come off. So there you don't you don't you don't injure your knuckle. It's just the nail. It's yeah yeah yeah. I haven't injured my knuckle before. Yeah. Hmm. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I had to have three or four knuckle surgeries over the years. No, I'm joking. I'm, I, I, have oh. neck. I was like, what? We believe I mean, you. I was leading <laughs> a joke, but it didn't it's really work. I believe it. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, Wait, where are we? Oh, we're oh. saying hey, hey to everyone in the chat. If you have any questions about, you know, anything or want life advice, you know, because we're um, able to do that. Um, <laughs> not qualified. Not qualified. We're not qualified to do that, uh, but we'll we'll take a whack at it. Um, yeah, let us know where you're tuning in from, and uh, we'll answer some of your some of your questions. Um, we were talking a little before about how you met, how how we've come into the circle here of the, the stream team um, that uh, Diggy Cat from Bovcup has brought together during the quarantine, which a lot of our recent guests have been part of the stream team, which I like to think of it as like a space jam, like the dream team. Ooh. It is kind of like a space jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think of like, what was the cartoon? It wasn't like it wasn't Jessica Rabbit, but there was a space cartoon movie with like Shaquille O'Neal and stuff. That was Space Jam, right? And we're we're kind of like that. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're we know. I mean, we're not all like rich and famous, but we are a pretty a pretty great and eclectic and talented group of people. And yeah. so, I had okay. So. Well, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the air. So one of the uh, one of the people who's commenting is Vuff Cup official. 
And they're official. Buff Cup is a band, yeah. and one of the main people is a wonderful guy. His name is Diggy Cat, and he also just a lifelong music lover and a music maker. But he had an internet radio station. And I don't remember how we found each other. Maybe he emailed me out of the blue. Maybe I had hired a radio promoter or something that sent him an album. I don't even remember. But we've known each other for years. And he's just, he's been playing my music on his shows weekly and monthly. And it's been wonderful. And we did, a, I went up to his place. Uh, I live in right, in right in LA. I live in Northeast LA, in the Highland Park. And he lives about maybe a half hour north of me in, a, in an area called Canyon Country, right? And so I went up to him. We did a great interview and hung out for the night. And then we just kind of stayed in touch. And once, the, uh, once COVID hit and everyone's staying at home, he started a thing called the Stream Team Festival, which is like nine singer-songwriters. And so he would put us all on. He connected us all and then would put us all on like, I'm going to do a four and a half hour festival online. It's going to be Wednesday, July 28th. And everyone gets a half hour. And then we all started doing these kind of like Zoom conversation and, and like chats on Facebook and stuff. And so we're all slowly getting to know each other. And some of the other people are in LA. Some are the are all around the country. And we started doing these shows where it's like all of us play. Boom, 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 boom. And everyone's like the we're getting to know each other and comment. And the, all of our fans that get online are watching each other and becoming fans of the other fans. It's exactly the kind of cross-pollinization you want, you know, <laughs> and, and that we all talk about and hope for, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like when you, and you know, it is like, even when it's not online, like when you all do, go do a gig somewhere in Long Island or somewhere in New York city, you're like, if I can't actually help put the bill together, I at least hope that there are other bands similar to us. So the fans of the band before us, can like us or after us and the other musicians we can get to know each other and it creates this community and it's circle mm -hmm. of like-minded people and diggy cat he did exactly that and he brought all these people together and it's like he's also started a thing recently which is not really an online thing but it but we're like a lot of us are like writing songs together and sending each other verses and sharing stuff and helping you know like a few of the other musicians that are in the area have been going up to his place and recording together. And so it's like, it's real artistic collaboration. Cool. Which is awesome mm -hmm. and, and rare and hard to find. So, yeah. And that's how we met. Diggy Cat knew you and connected us. So, so. And I met him on the internets. <laughs> all, all of them. All of them on the internets. <laughs> that's right. No, it's wonderful, man. It's wonderful. Well, yeah, that's why we started doing this is to if we're not able to like be like, you know, out consistently touring and doing shows and meeting people face to face, then we can meet them on the internets mm -hmm. and then eventually we get to see you guys in person. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> One day. Things is I didn't even know this until a few days ago. 
but you're based out of New York. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in New York. Oh. And so I will come back and I would I look forward to meeting you. Awesome. So hopefully sometime, I don't know, in the next year. Who knows? I don't get yeah. out. I, I usually come out to New York City to play maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. So I'll tot- I'll let you know when that is and I look forward to meeting. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. That would be awesome. Oh, we have a question in the chat. What product do you use on that gorgeous head of yours? Product placement. So I've got I've got an interesting condition. My hair would just be huge. So I need to put stuff in my hair to make it mellower and smaller. Like if I put nothing in my hair, it would be full on like this. Mm-hmm. Like Mel. And Mel, take yeah. your hair out. <laughs> oh, like Mel? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yep. It's a mess right now. It looks No, insane. it doesn't have the, the, subtle, the, the wave, the, the specific wave or curl that you have. <laughs> but I go, I go through different, I go through different hair products every year. And it doesn't really matter. I don't want to. I don't want to endorse anyone, but <laughs> but I do believe. <laughs> I forget what it was. A friend of mine said, "You get mid-level products, but you change every six months or every year because if you use the same ones, they will eventually not work on your hair anymore. So you got to change mm-hmm. it up every once in a while." Hmm. Mel, do you do that? Uh, yeah. Not really on purpose, though. Just whenever I find a new coconut item, I get excited and I smell it, and then I have to use it. <laughs> Every hair product is coconut. I have to smell like a coconut. That's like me with vanilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you have a smell you relate to, and that's yeah. part of that does right on. So, do you have a scent that you go towards? I do have a. Uh, there, I've definitely used the coconut family. Maybe the coconut is the, is the magic of the anti-frizz. Yeah, yep, there are a lot of anti-frizz coconut ones. Yep. It's very weird trying to put it like up, like everything's backwards on the computer when you're looking at the screen. <laughs> so I'm like going this way, but then it's the other way. And I'm... Chaos. Hey, oh, oh, right Whoa. there. Oh. Chaos. Coconut chaos. <laughs> yeah. I like it. That's a good name for... Uh... For your for a hair product, <laughs> it'd be a good name for a punk band in a children's cartoon. <laughs> yes, in a chaos. Mm-hmm. Like the beats from Doug Funny. <laughs> yeah, <man>. yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> Anyone in the chat? What's your favorite scents to wear? Just like to ask all these random, random questions. Oh, Mark has a question. He'd like to know what's your favorite key to write songs in. My favorite key. The key of rock. Uh, I think that's from School of Rock. There are a few great keys of rock. Um, I will say I love E, A, D, G, C. I'm an I'm an open key guy. I'm not a capo guy. Some people are some some people who are very specific about their singing will find the best the best key for their voice. And that's the key the song is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's F sharp or A flat or some weird key. I'm a believer in the open strings of a guitar. 
in that if you play an open E chord, guitars are made to have open strings resonating and they just sound fuller and better. So I will usually write my songs. Uh, sometimes I write them on piano, sometimes on bass, sometimes on guitar, actually maybe 70% on guitar. So the other instruments are less often, but when you, when you, when you let those open strings resonate, it just sounds fuller and better. And I also, uh, you know, like I've also been a bass player and a sideman playing with lots of people over the years, as well as making my own music. And so when you do a weird key, good musicians don't really have a problem playing in the weird key. It's a little out, a little less familiar, but they're not going to like be making mistakes left and right or anything. But I'm a big believer in the big classic keys. You know, like Sweet Home Alabama, key of G, baby. Back in black. <laughs> Key of E, you know, like the David Bowie, like these are songs that were written with electric guitar riffs. And there's something magical about those open strings. They just sound bigger and they sound. And if you have to move it a half step up or a half step down, even if it makes your voice sound slightly better, it makes the band sound worse. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in those open keys. All right. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, Matt wants to know what originally got you into music the most. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I grew up in New York. Not far from Annie Mel. I grew up in Westchester. Yeah. Which now, now long for those of you who are in other parts of the country, if you, you know, New York is a giant triangle. <laughs> right? And New York City is the bottom corner. And Long Island goes out to the east. Now, I grew up in Westchester, which is just a tiny bit north. So people in the city will call it upstate. And even yeah. though I grew up like, nine miles away from the Bronx. It's still <laughs> called upstate. It's still really this it's it's anyway for for the suburbanites in West call it Westchester. And like the rest of that stuff is upstate, not me. Right. I'm, I'm like, you know, because like my parents grew like my parents met in Brooklyn and moved to the suburbs so that me and my sister could have a nice safe suburban upbringing. You know? Um but Thankfully, in New York State, while I was a child, they had uh, they had a requirement. Every school had to have music. So when I got to the fourth grade, everyone had to learn an instrument or join the choir, and I was I was mortified by having to sing in public. So I I started playing the trumpet. So I played the trumpet in the fourth grade, and I gotta say I liked it, but I didn't love it. But I did it all through high school. And I got better. I got really good at it. Uh, and at, at, at the time, I thought it was just because I was kind of a nerdy, quiet kid. And I like, I like, oh, well, this is another class. I should practice the way you have to do your social studies homework or your math homework. Mm -hmm. you know? And then after a while, I became one of the best trumpet players in my school. 
And and it wasn't until years later, like after I became a professional musician, that I thought, wow, there's something going on in my brain that cognitively helps me understand music and the the right side and the left brain working together. Mm-hmm. And like doing something intellectually, but also having it be passionate, which, which maybe when I was in the sixth grade, I just sounded better than the other sixth grade trumpet players because of this thing in my brain. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really know it or understand it or have words to describe it. I was just like, well, I like it. It's not so bad. It's kind of fun. And I played the trumpet in the school band. And then when I was in high school, um, I got a bass guitar and that's, and that's really when it shifted for me. When I started, when I started playing in rock bands with my friends, Mm-hmm. And, I, and then you started to decide like what songs by what bands you wanted to cover. And then that, and then your personality really matters more. You know, like when you're just, when you're just reading notes and following along with the orchestra or the, uh, the, the concert band, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, that's one thing. And that was pretty wonderful. But when you can kind of like, get into specific music and also the magic of the rock band for me at the time was there are only four of us or five of us. It's not 40 of us. And the teacher is deciding what we're going to play. It's like, wow, I can, you know, and I grew up in, in, in the eighties. So it's like, do you like classic rock in Boston and Allman brothers? Or do you want to play REM and who's could do or you too? or Fishbone, like there were so many more choices. And like a friend of mine suggested Kiss, and I'm sorry, Mel and Annie and any of your audience, I hate Kiss. <laughs> I think they are, they are the most simplistic rock band almost of all time. <laughs> Wonderful marketing, horrible music. And I remember a moment in high school, a friend of mine was in a band, he was like, I wanna do the song by Kiss. And I'm 15 years old and he plays it like, he, he lends me his cassette tape kiss and I'm like, I listen and I'm like, I really like this guy, Jeff, but this music sucks. <laughs> like I will not do a kiss song. This is simply not good. This is simply not as good as men at work. <laughs> and this is simply not as good as Genesis. <laughs> simply not as good as the Rolling Stones. I will not do a, this. Kiss. Fine, please find another kiss song. I respect your love of kiss. Makeup is cool. Guy's got a big tongue. <laughs> anyway, so it's like it evolved from there. And when I started playing in rock bands with my friends in high school, then uh, I guess I was allowed to get more particular in what I liked in music and what I wanted to do in music, you know. And so we started playing in different bands. And I and I very quickly, as the bass player, because uh, because ba- once I once I Actually, I still play trumpet a little bit, but once once I became a bass player, every band in high school and every band in college, they always need a bass player. It's always two guitarists and a singer who are best friends, and now they got to find a drummer and a bass player. So I very quickly started playing in lots of bands mm-hmm. and like having to learn, like, oh, this group of guys likes the Black Crows and Ozzy Osbourne. So they're my hard rock band buddies. And this band likes, you know, R.E.M. and Who's Could Do and the Smiths. 
and they were my like college radio band buddies. You know what I mean? So I very quickly started to play in lots of bands. And, and, and then I was also still in the high school big band and college big band. So I'm getting into like Glenn Miller and Count Basie mm-hmm. and like Stan Getz, uh, Jerry Mulligan. Like, so it's like I had a very eclectic kind of grab bag of music all around me. Yeah. And I got, and I got to play bass and guitar in all these different bands and kind of start figuring out what I relate to and what mm-hmm. I don't relate to. Um, and I, I wasn't really at the, at the phase where I would say no to people. I would just do it because it was like new and different and exciting, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have, and I've, I even forgot what the question was, but. Like, <laughs> what got you into music? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, Which it was I think- the trumpet. It was the trumpet. Like, yeah. like by New York state law, I had to learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. So I did. And then I got I got good into it. I got I got into the this is the fingering for the F scale. This is the fingering for the, the B major scale. This is how you play, you know, pictures at an exhibition. All these all these pieces I started, you know, just being around. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh and my my dad was uh my parents I, I I truly love them. They were both wonderful and really great parents, but they were kind of pre-Beatles. They were not rock and roll people. So my mom was into classical music and my dad was into jazz. And so they would turn me on to like, my dad would sit around, we'd like listen to Frank Sinatra and Mel Torme, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, there was a very, there was a, there was a warmth surrounding music with them both. But it, it's not really close to what I ended up doing for a living. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's music in general, but it's not like it's not like I'm doing the stuff my dad or mom liked. I'm I'm doing my own thing. But they were both so positive with their their love of music mm-hmm. that it that even I mean they were not professional musicians or anything, but but they they had a they had a soft spot in their heart for it, and so they kind of let me do it and enjoy it you know what i mean it's something chirping it's it's feedbacking what's uh, feedbacking something yeah whatever <laughs> I mean, you uh, just touched yeah. whatever you just touched made it stop oh i think you helped it you... i didn't touch anything no, oh no i well i mean i i touched my computer but like didn't actually touch anything maybe like, that was the alien i just you touched stopped it yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we thought it was crickets from another dimension. That makes sense. No, I was gonna say, are you guys both wearing headphones? Because it, it just sounds like uh, it's feedback. Okay. Yeah, once you touched your computer, it stopped. Literally, all I did was like rest my hands on the laptop. You you quieted the crickets there. Yeah. I you put quieted it on, the interdimensional. Crickets. I put it on my nice little Jack Nips little shark sticker. <laughs> And just rested it, and it it stopped the sound. So I'm it just did. And there, Mel like, has the power. Of the power. Mel has the power. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to find it again. There was another question up here in the chat. Let me see if I can find it. Palm mute. Palm mute the crickets. Oh, um. Can you tell your top three guitar pedals? Guitar pedals? 
Yes. Huh. Okay. Or bass pedal. Yeah, pedals. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so That's a bass guitar. Right. Sort of well, here's one. It's the Keeley Oxblood pedal. Mm. And it's a great kind of distortion and overdrive pedal. Analog vibe, old school, and sounds great. Nice. Here's another one. The MXR Phase 90. This is That's the a good one, one that Waylon Jennings, and actually he used the old school, the, the, the Phase 45, which is before this one. But that classic phaser sound, and then also Eddie Van Halen used this a lot, and he. But he, of course, mixed it with distortion, and of course, he had his whole other unbelievably deep and phenomenal take on how to play guitar. But there's a phaser that's going in. I'm hot for teacher, <laughs> running with the devil. Mm -hmm. That's a that's. That's a, a small part of the Van Halen magic. Here's another one. You got a lot of fun stuff there. It's the Boss Chromatic Tuner. I got one of them too. Not sexy, but, but needed. Tune really helps. <laughs> really helps. That and is my biggest pet peeve when people don't use a tuning pedal and they just tune out loud on stage. Like it's like if you're playing acoustic, you know, it's one thing, but like, ah, get a tuning no, pedal. No, like if you can, if you're playing alone, you can get the guitar in tune with itself. And most people won't care because you're, because you sound good alone. But if you get in tune yourself and then your other friend gets in tune themselves, then you're slightly out of tune with each other. And so it sounds horrible. Yes. So please, friends, the tuner pedal, the tuner pedal. Yes, I agree on that. That top, that's a top pedal. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a wonderful, me there's a wonderful <laughs> metaphor that happens when you talk about like kids in elementary school. It's like plays well with others. <laughs> the tuner pedal is one of the things that helps that happen. <laughs> Like, I sound great. I'm in my own world. I don't know what's going on you, Like, well, I can't read your mind. So please tune with me and let's be together. Right. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. There you go. There you exactly. Go. I agreed. I carry two with me now that if, I, if we run into another band, I doesn't do it. I'm just going to let them borrow mine. And be like, here, I guess you forgot yours at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why no one wants that? to hear. No one wants to hear that on stage. <laughs> no, hey, you know. Hey, you know. I don't know. I, I love the the subtlety of like how to be uh, for the for the sake of the uh, keeping it clean in the live stream. How to be an a hole. But being like the nicest way possible about it, like here's here's a tuning pedal. You can borrow mine. In reality, you're like, you are not tuned. <laughs> it's the same when like people don't get off stage when they're packing up their drums 
Like they'll sit there and start taking their symbols off on stage. And it's like, oh, let me help you with that. Here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we kind of need you to get off stage. So yeah. Put our gear on stage. Yeah, I'll pretend to be really nice and helpful. What I'm really saying is, get off. <laughs> now we 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 all you all we have to understand and respect <laughs> that moment of rock star happiness. Like after you play the great set, and your friends come and congratulate you, but then you're like, "Hey man, it's 9:45, and my band has to start at 10." So we, that means like theoretically seven and a half minutes for you to get your stuff off the stage, <laughs> get our stuff on the stage. Yep. So please, let's not leave your gear and like run off and have a drink with people. No. Right. Right. You know, taking off like you know that I, I totally know I <laughs> I have a great memory of like the drummer with like and of course it's a gigantic Neil Pert drum uh -huh. kit like ninety four toms and he takes one cymbal off. Right, and then he like goes out to hang out with his girlfriend. He's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, oh we rocked. Oh that was fabulous." And there's like ninety nine thousand pieces of drums. Like, okay, that's eighty percent of the stage. We can't like. Do you want music to happen the rest of the night? No. Like, yeah. The probably the worst part is like when it is like your family that has no clue about like that part of it so sometimes when my family has come to shows they're like oh hey i'm like i just need seven minutes seven can you wait seven minutes please always <laughs> know it's like all right fine i'll see you later and they leave yeah i'm like you can't wait seven minutes <laughs> yeah. yeah totally Oh. I'm like, cause we could get off stage in like six and a half, seven. I know we do. I I know we we've, we've time. Yeah, yeah. We know how to get off the stage quick. I'm like, I just need seven minutes. Thank you. <laughs> but you're both New Yorkers. You know how that is. Like, yeah. You're 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 used to lots of people around. You're used to subways. You're used to okay. It's got to happen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My, my part of my job is to make my life great without messing up yours. So you do your thing, I'll do mine. We'll trade. New Yorkers are so great, and actually, big city people, kind of in general, are great at like, okay, I'll do my thing, and I'm not going to get in your way. I just don't want you getting in my way either. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but then every once in a while, you find someone who's just like, oh, I'm, a, uh, I'm the king of tonight. Blah, 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 blah. You know, mine. Oh my God! And I can't imagine because you're you're an all woman band, right? Yes. So I'm sure you get these guys who are like, "Oh, we just slayed it." You, you gals don't mind. <laughs> blah 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 blah. You know, like you get, you know, like I get attitude from people, but I don't get sexist attitude as well from people. Right? Like, How I, you gonna I, lift I, that I, on stage? Oh, you don't mind using my amp and my pedals. Blah, 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 blah. You probably don't know how to use one anyway. I so. actually have a tone that I do that's part of our sound, and I don't really want to... Yeah. Like, you're just kind of being a dick right now. And then after, they're like, wait, how did you get your tone to sound like that? And I'm like, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you? you? Well, yeah. why don't you be a little more humble next time? Yes. And then maybe, you know, anyway. Yeah. See, here's the thing I've learned. If you have to give yourself a compliment when you get off stage, you didn't do a good job. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> no, and that's and that's as, as another thing. Like, 
when someone shows up with a really big attitude, uh, they're insecure. Yeah. And when someone is really good at what they do, they don't have to give you attitude. Yep. They're like, I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to fulfill my part of this show. And there, and, and often it's the great ones that are, are the polite ones. And they're the ones that are on time. And they're the ones that like, they, they get off stage as fast as they can and they set up and it's like, if you're, if there's a technical problem, they'll be like, oh, you can use my DI, no problem. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's the people who, who, who really believe in what they do and, and, and are great at it that are the kindest or most relaxed mm-hmm. and most helpful because they want everyone to be great. Yeah. They're not worried about, they're not, it's not a competition and they're not, they're not vibing you out for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's, and it's, it's so weird because there's so many people kind of in that. And it's a very big middle group mm-hmm. when it's, when they're like, wow, why are you, you know, like, and, and, and sometimes you're on the bill with another group. That's great. And it's like, why are you giving us attitude? We're like, we're in this together. Yeah. Why are you giving us a hard time? We're, <laughs> why are you being weird? <laughs> like we're on, we're on, we're on your side and like none of your fans are going to think we're better than you all of a sudden. Right. You know, all It's just a matter of us just like helping each other. Yep. Yep. And that, that calm thing too, that you were just saying, like, it's, it's funny The the more experienced the person is, you can see usually the calmer they are when they're setting up or when something goes wrong. That's how you know someone really has a lot of touring experience when they are so calm in the face of like everything just blowing up. <laughs> like yeah, totally. things are broken. Things are like lost. Something didn't get sent on the flight. Like it got sent off to some other country on the connecting flight. And all of a sudden, like you don't even have your base and you're like, that's fine. And we got like, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, we'll go on. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, my floor time is missing, you know, all of the legs. All right. Uh, <laughs> you have no legs. That's fine. I'll hit something. Like, no, have you ever, I, I don't, I, you may have done this, but have you ever seen like when a drummer break, and this doesn't happen very often at all, but when like the snare drum head breaks or the bass drum head breaks, like two of the things that you can't go on without. Yeah. yeah. Or like I, if you've got a guitarist and they have one guitar, they don't have a backup guitar. And like they break a string and it's like, if you can handle that gracefully, like, great, we're going to figure this one out. No problem. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to bullshit on the mic for 30 seconds and we're going to figure out this. We're going to duct tape a kick drum head together. Yep. Yeah. Or or just like change a string. (laughs) Anyone have a cinder block? Because Mel's bass drum keeps moving away. If anyone's oh. got a brick laying around, let me just need a few of those. Yep, yep. Oh, the stories no, we it's, have. But you're oh, totally man. right. If, if, when you can handle the out of the ordinary. Yep. And not get stressed and not get mean at the sound person or start bitching out your other bandmates. Yep. There was one time, which is a weird... Not, it's still a show. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The the singer before us in a different band um, had this weird uh, mannequin 
thing with like broken glass all over it and he had cut his hand up on it um and you know continued the show blah blah, blah and but then there was like blood and stuff all over the mic stand <laughs> so i'm like to the sound guy after i'm like do you my if you have another one, there's blood all over this. And he's like, oh my God, yeah, we have another. Don't worry. And I was like, might need Lysol wipes for that. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's probably, yeah, I was like, if you have another one, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. There's kind of blood all over this. Maybe not sanitary. I mean, a lot of things here are not sanitary. No problem, but blood. <laughs> Yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Oh man, I once did a uh, a show with another group I play with. There was four drummers playing for a private event for for a, a, a drink company, and they had all these whiskey barrels out, and they had put the snare drums in the whiskey barrels, so that we're playing on real drums, but it looks like we're playing in a whiskey barrel. Oh, okay. The very first hit, the first hit of the first song. It's me and three other drummers, and one of the guys hits the first hit, and the snare drum just falls right through the barrel. <laughs> the entire show, he they had to pull it out, or he there was no way to. He was just miming. He was miming, and there were three other drummers. The whole rest of the show. He's just That's playing funny. on the barrel, and luckily it was a four drummer show, so there's three of us actually playing the rest of the stuff, and he's just like, and we're like. There's parts missing, and we keep, you know, it's like, I didn't hear the cue to that, or I didn't hear this part, but okay, keep going. And we didn't know <laughs> until afterwards, because we're all spaced out on the stage. None of us had any idea what was going on. So, That's yeah, fun. After the show was over, we're like, dude, like, why did, what happened? There were like a lot of parts missing. It sounded really weird. He was like, yeah, I had no drum that whole show. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was on the floor in the barrel. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I mean, we were out there to play one song it was a private event like you come out like here's the drum show and then they had other events going on there's no drum there yeah <laughs> there was no there was no oh let us just you know fix this no it was ego <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah it happens yeah it happens yeah totally happens um <laughs> we uh are close close to the hour mark so we do like to have you um which you didn't even do it in the first place, but why don't you plug what you have going on and where people can find you and, uh, you know, find your music and what you got going on. Great. Well, my full name is Ted Russell camp. Oh my God. The website's already there. The Ted Russell camp.com. <laughs> you can go to Facebook slash Ted Russell camp.com Instagram slash Ted Russell camp.com. Um, I have a new record that came out three months ago called Solitaire. Uh, and it's like, uh, it's a mellower record than I usually do. Usually it's like full band and a little more rock and roll. But this was, I, I recorded it at home during the quarantine. So a lot of it is a little folkier than I would normally do. But like one of the, one of the people commented about Jackson Brown these days, there's a, I got a lot of Jackson Brown influence in my music. Um, and like Dylan, the band, uh, so I got that record. I got another band just before it called down in the den, which is a little more kind of full rocking and, and kind of groovier. 
with bigger arrangements and Hammond organs and harmony vocals. So, uh, yeah, please check out my music. I'm on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Spotify and all that stuff. So, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Annie Vovkup says that's a bloody good story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also that Solitaire is a gorgeous album. Yeah. Thank you. I'm proud of, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Awesome. Appreciating. Did you um like mix it and stuff yourself too during? Um, actually, I I recorded most of it right this right. What you're seeing is is my home studio, and I built our garage and soundproofed it and made it into a real studio Ooh. in my home. And so it's called. I named it the Den. And so nice. So we're down in the Den. Uh, and so I recorded most of it right here with this mic and a few others. I got some guitars over there and I borrowed a floor tom and a snare drum from a friend. And anyway, I play keyboards and some horns. I played accordion on some songs, and, uh, mandolin, stuff like that. Awesome. But I, rec I recorded it at home. Uh, and then I have a good buddy that uh, named Mark Rains got a wonderful studio in LA in Echo Park uh, called the Station House, and I've done probably twenty or thirty records with him. Things that either my own records or records I've produced or records that I've been a part of where I play bass on or guitar on that other people were doing with him. And he's a he's a great friend and a wonderful guy. And so and it, and for all the years that I've been focusing on playing and singing and writing and touring, he's been in the studio the whole time. And so like every, every once in a while when I'm producing someone, some, an artist or a band, and they're like, oh, this sounds great, you should just mix it. I'm like, okay, I can do really good. <laughs> but you wanna go to someone who does this for a living. You know, like I'm pretty good at mixing and I'm good at Pro Tools and I am I got a good ear for like arranging and frequencies and panning and stuff. But if you have the extra money, we should go to someone great and that they've been sitting in a studio every day mm -hmm. for 20 or 30 years. Like they yeah. really know what's going on. Like I, I pretty much know what's going on, but they really know what's going on. So I did most of it here. And I'll usually do very solid preliminary mixes that will give uh, my buddy Mark a good idea of what I'm thinking mm -hmm. in terms of like I'll set up the tones and if I want a, a slapback delay on the voice or a kind of a mellowy kind of room reverb mm -hmm. or like if something is supposed to be really, you know, every once in a while, like, Every once in a while, you want a certain guitar to be really sounding. Where if you heard it alone, it would sound awkward. Mm -hmm. But when you hear it in the context of the band, it sounds great because it kind of pokes out in the right way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the drums and bass kind of fit down here, and then there's some kind of rhythm guitar or keyboards. Like you have to organize the frequencies of what you're going to hear so that you hear everything great. Right. And when you hear a Beatles record or a Motown record or even a Frank Sinatra record, like 
it's arranged. Like they deliberately have like, oh, the violins up there and the timpanis down there and the voices in the middle and there's no piano planking away while Ella Fitzgerald is singing. <laughs> so they're leaving space for her because it's her voice that matters. You know what I mean? And so I've, I've got a good feel for that. But but I'll usually go to my friend to mix. So on this one, uh, with this record, I I did 90% of it here, but he kind of definitely tweetened up and improved the tones in a way that I wouldn't know how to. Nice. It was the record is very much me alone, but it's 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 definitely a collaboration as well. Cool, that's awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. And did you do any music videos for it? I did. Yeah. I have two. Nice. One is called My Girl Now, which is on. Uh, it's on my website, edrusselcamp.com. Okay. It's also just on YouTube, so you can look it up for. My Girl Now at on YouTube. And then you can also look up, uh, there's this song called You Can Go to Hell, I'm Going to Texas. <laughs> Love it. It's also on my website and also on YouTube. Perfect. And, uh, you know, this was very much a quarantine album. So a lot of it is about kind of like, that's kind of the introspective stuff and the worry and how do we get through this and self-esteem like it's a lot about the heavier stuff that we were all going through, but I really wanted to have at least a few, at least, at least three or four songs that were kind of fun or celebrational or like, what are we going to do next year? <laughs> or like, remember what we did last year. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, or like we can make it through. We're going to, you know, like there was, I wanted to have some feel good, positive element songs. I didn't want to just have to be this whole like album of like, what is, how did we mess up the world so bad? What's going on? You know? Yeah. Well, this, this goes perfect for Mel's last yeah, question. Speaking of, um, we like to ask a question to, uh, to everyone at the end of the chat. What is your best advice uh, for everyone to stay somewhat sane and uh, positive in these crazy times in this crazy world? Oh, ah. That's a good one. Stay in touch with each other. And if you're a musician, keep making music. And if you're not a musician, keep enjoying music. Or uh, movies or books or whatever your passion is. Whatever is going to help you through. It's not, it's, it's uh, maybe not so much right now because we are starting to get out and people are, you're allowed to like go out to gigs and be social. Uh, there's still a fear about like, <laughs> you could, you know, like, I mean, I, I literally went to Iowa a few weeks ago. I was just there too. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you're like, okay, somebody here is going to get COVID because most of these people don't even believe it exists. This is really weird. And so you're like, let's, thankfully we can all get together and play music and see people, but not all of us are vaccinated. <laughs> Some of us are, just don't believe it's true or whatever, you know, and it's like, okay. And that's a weird feeling to kind of be on stage and be getting into it. And then you just have this flashing thought of like, how many people in the room today are going to get COVID? <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's weird. It's like, 
gigging is weird enough anyway when you're trying to make people happy or get them into it or you're second guessing or trying to figure out the psychology of random people in the audience. You know what I mean? And then when you add a pandemic, you're like, okay, this is, this is strange, <laughs> but it's still our job to perform and still our job to play and still something we're deeply moved to do. You know what I mean? It's kind of who we are. And, and so music lovers want to get out to see music as bad as we want to get out to play it. And, uh, Hang in there. Hang in there. Be as smart as you can. Be as safe as you can. And, you know, we just got to keep, you You have to, like, kind of the key to this year, I, like, it's not like, it's not like the the pandemic will just stop magically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's here. So it's like, we just have to get out and be as smart as we can and enjoy as much as we can mm-hmm. and not get the guy at the next table sick and yep. not get our wife or grandmother sick or something like that. You know, it's a, it's a really weird one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, thankfully, like the three of us are involved in music. We make music. We can hang out at home and do it. It's, it's better when we do it in public, but we get to hang out at home and have this freedom, you know? So it's like, Get in, get it, enjoy music. Like, put on a John Lennon album, put on a Mazorksky album. Buff Cup was commenting. (laughs) You know, like, go to a museum and, you know, wear your mask and go to a museum and check out some Van Gogh. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, you can literally get online and read, you know, the greatest books that have ever been written. Stay inspired (laughs) and keep moving forward. Yeah. All right. There's my, there's my advice. Thank you. I love it. Great advice. Thank you. And thank you so much for an awesome chat and awesome interview. And uh, we hope everyone at home uh, had some fun tonight. And uh, we'll see you next week. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you thank again you. for having the guest. It was great. Great thank seeing you. you both. And thank you for, for talking. Yeah, Thanks for joining you. us. Thank you, everyone in the chat, for tuning in and everyone watching on the replay. And we'll see you next week. Awesome. Bye. Good night. Thanks for listening to Music Monday Hangouts with Jackknife Stiletto. Be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell so you never miss out on future podcasts. If you'd like to support our band, please share this podcast and our music with your friends and check out our merch store at jackknifestiletto.com store. You can find all of our upcoming gigs and live streams on our website at jackknifestiletto.com tour. Thanks for listening. See you next week.